Will this treatment of American citizens, this poor treatment under the shutdown theater, will it penetrate or will the Republicans lose the shutdown fight as many people say they lost in 95, 96? Let's ask one of the smartest people I know, Bill Crystal, with the Weekly Standard. Bill, thanks for your time. Hey, Michael. How are you? Uh, before we, I know there's some inside baseball in Washington that we want to talk about, but uh, we have a story in Massachusetts of an elderly group that was touring Yellowstone that was literally put under armed guard to keep them from looking at the the uh, the geyser out there. Not the ge- the geysers were not allowed to look at the geyser. Uh, yeah. We have you know we have Minuteman State Park. You have these stories out of Washington, Washington State, across the country, putting up cones in a blizzard to keep people away from Mount Rushmore. Do you think that those stories penetrate to average voters as an example of just how much the government is not? on their side? I hope so, and I hope that people understand that this is due to decisions being made by senior political appointees in the Obama administration. I, I was chief of staff at a education, in the Education Department, a very different department from the National Park Service and the Interior Department, but when there was a government shutdown in, I think, 86 or 87, there's quite a lot of discretion in how you, who you designate as essential and what you shut down and what you don't. And in these cases, it's clear that, to me, the National Park Service has gone overboard presumably under uh, encouragement, with encouragement at least from the White House, um, to make life difficult for tourists, for, for veterans visiting various memorial sites and the like. Jonathan Lass said in that tour on the next issue, the Weekly Standard, he just wrote on the National Park Service. It really is, some, it's not unlike the IRS targeting the Tea Party groups, except in this case the National Park Service is targeting the entire American people, so far right. as I can tell. And the treatment of the veterans is particularly appalling and has been really noticeable here in Washington, D.C., with the World War II Memorial, the Vietnam Memorial, Iwo Jima, and so forth. So I hope people understand that this is you know, the Obama administration trying to make it seem as if the government shutdown is just terrible. And I, 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 I was talking to a veteran, a young veteran this morning, who said to me, you know, it's, I don't want to sound conspiratorial or crazy or something, but why exactly is it that the veterans groups seem particularly to be the ones... Um, targeted. Why is it that of all the things that the government does, the the death benefits that go to families of of soldiers, Marines, and and so forth, and the servicemen who were killed in action, that the Defense Department has stopped sending out? I mean, is that really, you'd think they might bend over backwards to be courteous and and to find ways to accommodate the needs of uh, the families of of killed servicemen and, and, and veterans visiting war memorials. And the Obama administration seems to be bending over backwards to um, not to accommodate oh, such people, Bill to Crystal, be disrespectful come on. of them. President Obama told us himself that he's been bending over backwards to work with Republicans the entire time he's been president. Bending over backwards, Bill. Good point. Yeah, but <laughs> I guess he thinks maybe some of these people are Republicans, but, you know, some of them probably aren't, and an awful lot of them are being, uh, not just inconvenienced, but really, I think, treated in a sort of, uh, well, just in a, in a at least discourteous and disrespectful right. way. Jonathan Lass, remember, who wrote the editorial for us, Recalled that Reagan, Ronald Reagan, said in his first inaugural uh, speech in 1981, very important to remember. I can't remember exactly how he put it, but he said something like, "It's important to remember that here in the United States, uh, we are a government, we are a country, we are a nation with a government, uh, not the opposite way around." And the, the the U.S. government, parts of it, do think that they run the country, and that you know we citizens should be pleased and grateful if they choose to allow us. <laughs> To visit war memorials and and have and, First Amendment rights, keeping yeah, I mean money. it is the National Mall right. here in Washington. It's not the government mall. 
very good point. Um, which brings me to the broader question. I know the message from the White House is we're winning. Uh, according to media reports, President Obama contacted John Boehner again today to say I won't be contacting you, which is this <laughs> odd. I don't, I don't get it. So I'm going to cancel a trip so I can stay in Washington and not negotiate. But anyway, this is the Obama strategy. But I wonder in the long term, if the more and more dysfunctional, dumb, arrogant, partisan the government appears, if that doesn't really play into the hands of small government conservatives in the long term. You've got 20 and 30-something-year-old people who you know, Bill, they don't really pay attention until they start paying serious taxes. And what they're seeing is after a life of being overserved by iPhones and Windows and you know Netflix, that they're now entering the government arena where they are wildly underserved by people who clearly care about something other than the treatment of their customers. And they're also seeing the biggest piece of legislation sort of in their adult lifetimes, Obamacare, go into effect. And look how the federal government's running that. The state government seems to be doing somewhat better, so that's the case for federalism. And surely what the overall effect of these exchanges is will let people choose what they kind of health insurance they want, don't have a, a mandate. So I kind of agree there's a sort of libertarian and limited government message coming out of a lot of this. I think even in the short term, uh, Republicans are doing, aren't doing great out of the shutdown, but they're not doing badly, actually. They're holding their own, maybe a tiny bit, you know, under 50-50. But um, I looked at the numbers uh, in the Clinton shutdown, the Clinton-Gingrich era. At one point, I think it was December of 95, by better than two to one, voters blamed Republicans and Gingrich, not Clinton and the Democrats. Right. That was just a, a lopsided verdict. Even so, Republicans didn't lose Senate seats, only lost three seats that November, the, a year later. But leaving that aside, there's no question in the short term that Clinton won that political struggle. Right now, I saw the numbers in one of the polls. Both parties are unpopular. Both parties in Congress are unpopular. Uh, the Republicans have gone down, I think, seven points in, in approval. The Democrats have gone down five. So, you know, it's a very small difference. And Obama, President Obama, in one poll, picked up a couple of points, and another is just totally flat. In every poll, his approval is below his disapproval. When, 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 when the Democrats buy, broke a historical norm and held their own in, in the elections in 1998, when they were in their sixth, the sixth year of a Democratic administration, usually parties lose badly in their sixth year right. in the congressional elections. Uh, Clinton was, I think, at 60 percent approval on Election Day. Obama's at 45 now. That's the big number for a year from now. So politically, I don't think Republicans are, you know, cleaning the clock or anything of the Democrats, but they're pretty close to holding their own. And given where expectations were a week ago, I think you're more cheerful now if you're a congressional Republican, probably, than if you're a political strategist for the Democratic Party. But but now the uh, some some big names in finance are stepping up and essentially saying you have to simply pass a debt ceiling the way you have in the past. No conversations about paying the debts, you know. Uh, uh, the interest using revenue coming in. You've got to do it the good old-fashioned way. Otherwise, world markets are going to freak out. Is that having an impact? Is that a legitimate argument? I think it's a semi-legitimate argument. I myself think just the risks on the debt ceiling, even if we can make a complicated argument why it shouldn't be that way, I just think if enough people start saying it's that way, it will mm-hmm. sort of spook the market. So at some point, you, you have to lay the groundwork for fighting that months before the actual confrontation. I can make a case for a four- or six-week extension of the debt ceiling, maybe combined with some budget cuts, maybe 1% across the board, something like that, and domestic discretionary spending to, in effect, pay for that right. increase in the debt. Uh, and then say, okay, well, let's, now we've bought ourselves six weeks on the debt ceiling, which is the really scary thing. Sure. No reason to reopen the government that we can see right now. We, the House Republicans are trying to reopen parts of it. I'm not so sure, incidentally, that Harry Reid can keep beating that back forever. And um, now let's like, can we have a discussion, please, about the debt ceiling like we've had in previous 
uh, every previous. No, 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 Bill. I heard the president say that it is unprecedented for a, a president to negotiate over a debt ceiling. Unprecedented. Yeah, back and remember what he was doing on August 1st, 2000. I guess Vice President Biden was negotiating with Senator McConnell. I think Pelosi and Reid were in the mix and, and, and Boehner. The president, I guess, was just keeping hands off. Maybe he was. He had such a, he's so detached from the Hill. I was talking with a Democrat this morning uh, in, in a green room at a TV show, and I mean, he was saying they talked to Democratic senators and congressmen. It is really startling how much, uh, how little they hear from the White House, how much they feel alienated. They're banded together for now politically pretty well, I guess, but that, that, I think, is worth also Republicans should try to exploit, really put some pressure on Senate Democrats, and even some House Democrats. Why are you doing, you know, why are you doing President Obama's bidding here? Do you really want to be the person standing in the way of funding veterans, of reopening the national park, of right. ensuring that people get uh, families of servicemen who've been killed in action get their death benefits? I, I'm not so sure the political dynamics of this don't help the Republicans over the next few days. I do think avoiding default, avoiding the debt, hitting the debt limit is it's probably worth doing, though. But, uh, but the, to me, the big question is how long can President Obama and Harry Reid keep saying, I will not negotiate, and have that be an acceptable answer? I mean, you know, Bill, that if the if there were a Republican Senate and a Republican president saying that, that the press would be all over them. But that's just the universe we live in. But is there a point where even the mainstream media says, look, negotiate? I mean, you have to at least talk to the people, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that, I think, yeah, you know, they've held pretty well so far. Republicans have held their position pretty well so far. But I, as, I, as I said, I'm not sure the president has a better position to hold. And I could see support for the I'm not negotiating. This just everything needs to be done the way I've said. Clean CR, clean debt ceiling. Thank you. Goodbye. I could see support for that eroding. And the media beginning to say, wait a second. How about at least, shouldn't you at least talk to these guys? Maybe you can buy them off with something very cheap from your right. point of view. and. Give them a way out. <laughs> and this is a, my, my message. If Harry Reid or President Obama happy listening to the podcast is, guys, Republicans are cheap. I guarantee you, <laughs> you give them the medical device tax and let them keep the sequester and they will roll over like a friendly lady outside a military base. I'm telling a you, that's puppy, what will happen. Little, well, I was thinking more like a little more family appropriate, a little puppy who okay. likes to have its tummy <laughs> scratched, you know, there no, that's what the comedy of it. If Bill Clinton were president, oh. someone also was on TV this morning compared Obama to Franklin Roosevelt ludicrously. If there were a skilled Democratic president yep. who were good at uh, at actual politics, uh, Republicans would be in deep trouble. Absolutely, and all or if you care about opening the government, they'd have the government open right now because they would cut a very easy deal. They would let Republicans take away a fig leaf, and Democrats get ninety nine point nine percent of what they want. Which, by the way, the House has already passed ninety nine point nine percent of what uh, President Obama wants on Obamacare. But I got to ask you about the big thing. Bill, that people want to hear. You keep saying on TV, what is this about you and MSNBC? Surely you've not gone over to the dark side. No, I'm just a free agent. Uh, uh, my Fox exclusive contract, which had gone for years and years, was mm-hmm. great. I have a great time doing it. And we both decided to let that go. So I, I'm just doing a bunch of different networks. And it's occasionally good to go over there, see what's going on on the on the dark side. You know, as, long as, I've got, as long as I've got my car parked right outside so I can... I can leave at the you know at the drop of a hat. Yeah, no, I already see this. Bill Crystal and Chris <laughs> Matthews, a half-finished bottle of scotch, That's sitting uh, by the piano while some lounge singer leads them in a in a few choruses of das, of uh, of the Marseille. I'm telling you, this is not going to go well. Bill. You have a, you have a very active fantasy life there, Michael. <laughs> So, so we're not active, to, just so, just colorful, I guess. You so, know? so we just want, we want to hear for ourselves because we're such huge fans of yours. You will not be filling in for Big Ed Schultz. That's what you're telling us. I have not been asked to, and I, <laughs> I, if asked, I will not serve. <laughs> uh, Bill Crystal, thanks so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure.